My name is Anthony O'Connell, Upper Feast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm a man with a high voice. I moved to New York City to pursue stand-up comedy, started a food blog in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, recently moved back to Columbus, Ohio, and decided to start a podcast. I'll be interviewing people that love to Upper Feast, people in the service industry, restaurant owners, foodies, comedians, anyone who loves food, I'll be talking to them. Moses of Flavor 91 Bistro talks about a bad brunch, a chef throwing fries at him, on a busy night, two customers volunteered to help out, and what it's like running an Ethiopian-American family restaurant with his mom and sister and much more. What's up, Moses? How you doing, man? Hey, Anthony. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate you. Yeah, of course. If you want, go ahead and tell our listeners a little something about yourself and about your restaurant. So um, my name is Moses. As you know, I run Flavor 91 Bistro with my mother and my sister. We've been open since 2016. We're over on the east side of Columbus in a small borough called Whitehall. We started our restaurant because we noticed there was a problem in that area. We were in a food desert. And so we grew up in the area as well. And we noticed there's just fast food on every block. And we're like, look, let's start something on, on our side of town and sell what we want to eat. And we're Ethiopian as well. So we decided to uh, put together, you know, American food where there's grass fed burgers, wings, salads, soups, things of that nature. But let's put a twist on it and introduce it with Ethiopian flavors. And so we started that in 2016. We've been able to, you know, really get a lot of interest. We've been able to source from Ohio farms. So all of our meats come from local farms. Um, our burgers are grass fed, our, our chicken, our meats, they all come from a local farm. Uh, we make sure it's non-GMO, no antibiotic, hormone free. And we just want to be able to sell the food that we feel like will be important for us to eat. Because like I said, you can't live on fast food. Um, and if you never have exposure to good, healthy eating, you'll never know what it can do for you. You never know how to extend your life. And also we wanted to empower the local economy as well. So like every single dollar goes into either a farmer's hand, a local brewery's hand. And we've literally seen the value of our community rise because of that. All of that is baked into our business model and um, it's really received a lot of love. The community loves us. Obviously we got your attention. You know, you found out about us through your friends and family and that's really how it grew, word of mouth, you know. We really wanted to st stand out and do something different and um, introduce something new to people because there's nothing like us around, not even vegan options. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy because if nobody ever starts it, nobody ever brings it to the area, it would never be here. And we're just happy that it's, it's picked up, it's picked traction. You know, so many people enjoy it and they like sharing it. So it shows us that we're doing the right thing, you know? Right. And you know, what's funny is uh, normally I'm really tough critic on turkey burgers, but your guys' mm. turkey burger is delicious. Like, I don't know hey. what's special to it. But yes, it's, sir. <laughs> it's super good, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. You know, um, we always constantly trying to improve, you know, we take things into our own hands. And then we realize like, you know, Ethiopian flavors, Ethiopian spices, and really like world spices are not, you know, they're not really, uh, you know, implemented in a lot of the food that we know, like burgers and wings and whatnot. And so we're like, there's so much room to like transform and disrupt. And so like, that's how it st stands out. And that's why people are like, man, this is different in a good way, you know? Oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. So we like to open the podcast with feast or pass, fast food in general, feast or pass. Man, that's a pass. You know, at this point, this stage in the game, we got to understand that there's, you know, GMOs, there's steroids, there's food that is not healthy for you to eat, you know, um, like long-term, you know, I grew up eating fast food, don't get me wrong. Um, but I cut that out once I realized and once I educated myself, I was like, this ain't, this ain't it, you know, um, long-term, it's not going to do me no good. Long-term, if you look at the black community, especially, you know, there's fast food in our communities for a reason. And, you know, when we have so many health issues, so many health problems, it's just like, you know, it's a factor 
of that. And because, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, even the way I used to think back in the day is like, man, it hasn't killed me yet, but that's not a, that's not a healthy way to think about things. Um, and so I like the fact that a lot of fast food places are trying to transition into healthy, but that's because people are doing that. You know what I mean? So right. I'm going to say pass on the fast food for now, you know, but I don't want to down nobody for eating fast food. It is what it is. Get what you can afford, but you know, be conscious of what you're eating. That's the challenging thing is like, it's so easy. Like I don't really eat fast food anymore either, but mm. if I'm on like a road trip or something, I'll hit up a McDonald's. Like it's better than gas station. No, it is, you know, it is, you know, you can't shame nobody for that. You know, it's, it's, oh, of course it's, not. it's classics, you know what I mean? And another thing too, is if you think about it, like nowadays you'll see on the menus now serving hundred percent chicken now serving 100 beef so when i used to see that i'd be like so what were you serving before you <laughs> right. know what i mean exactly. well, miss nah, me. you know. <laughs> exactly. what about part of the pronunciation but kitfo or kifo or something is like oh yeah kitfo yeah 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 would you say feast or pass on that ethiopian beef tartare oh, come on now you already know what it is that's a feast come on now that's that's a layup that's feast right there come on Oh, Kitfo yeah. is like um so it's like ground beef that is chopped and diced really nicely. It's cooked in with you know different spices and herbs uh, that come from Ethiopia. You can have it cooked anyway. You can have it cooked like rare, literally, or you can have it cooked you know well done. But it's really enjoyed best like a medium, medium rare type. You know they saute onions and uh, jalapenos and all these different things that come together make it like amazingly good so yeah that's a feast come on <laughs> <laughs> awesome another one tibs the the like to saute like the meat chunks do you know that one uh, yeah of course man yeah that's a feast come on man you really throwing down all right that's how i know you you, you know what you're talking about when you go to an ethiopian restaurant you know thibs for sure you know there's several different ways you can eat thibs so it's basically like steak tips for people who don't know, there's a version called derek, which is my favorite, which is like real well done. And the reason why I like it is because I like the texture and I like the flavors that is cooked in it. It's like cooked in a cast iron skillet. Mm -hmm. There's um, gored gored. There's, you know, there's so many different ones, but each one has a different texture. Um, each one is cooked a little differently. Each one of them have like thicker cuts and each one of them can be cooked, like I said, from rare all the way to well done if you like. Do you have a steak preference? Like what about like maybe like a New York strip or filet mignon? Like what what temperature you order in your steak? I could, I get my steaks medium rare to medium. Yeah. Same. They got to be there, you know. And it depends on where I'm at. You know, some people know how to do do medium rare really like on point. Some places I go, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to stick with the medium just because I don't know how it's going to be. So I just kind of let them do their thing. But I used to be the well done guy. Back in the day when I was a kid, but my sister put me on it. I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to my sister and my mother. They're the ones that really help make the restaurant what it is and have helped make it successful. And of course, you know God, of course too. But you know, my mother and my sister is number one. And then yeah, my sister was the one who put me on to medium rare. I remember the first time she ordered medium rare, I was like, what? You know, I was like nine, ten. I was like, don't. You know, she's older than me. She cut it. She ate it up. I was like, all right, let me let me see what it is. And I ended up liking it too. That's cool. Yeah, I used to be well done when I was a kid too. Something about when you're a kid, you just don't want to risk like any kind of pink or red. It kind of freaks you out a little bit, I guess. Exactly. And you, and you think well done is good. You think that's the best, you know, just because the word well done. You're like, oh, you it's know? done well. It's well done. It's done well. Everything's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five-star review. So working with your mom and sister, if you folks are working on a new recipe or a new product or whatever, and you mm -hmm. butt heads, is one of you like 
the Hefe, or do you guys all try to agree on something together? You know, mom is the boss for sure. Um, but what we do as business partners, you know, we we able to s separate, you know, the dynamics of family versus, um, you know, trying to just get the right thing done to the best of our ability. So it comes down to taste. How delicious is this? And then we let the people decide as well, too, because there's certain things that I like that you might not like and vice versa. And so it goes through a step step by step process. And we try to get a, as objective as we possibly can with it. And from there, you know, it, it speaks for itself. That's cool. So have you ever have you ever created something that you had really high hopes for and then it kind of bombed like the public wasn't feeling it? Have you ever had something like that? Nah, there's definitely times. Yeah, you know, you know, I was going to bet a thousand. But um, like I said, we always let the guests try it. I'm trying to think of something. Oh, uh, my coleslaw. When I first made coleslaw, I thought I made I thought I made a little fire coleslaw. But um, I let people try it. And they, they were honest. I'm like, yo, just be honest. I don't take offense. I have tough skin. It's all good. Just let me know. How do I make it better? Right. And they uh, were just letting me know. They're like, look, it's not it. You know, if I have coastal, I want it to taste like the South. I want it to taste like my grandma made it. I want it to, you know, this, that, and the third. You know, and they started giving me tips saying, hey, how much, you know, a, a little tip for coleslaw is orange. I didn't know that. So I was like, all right, let me try orange. So I threw a little orange uh, into it, a little orange zest. It changed the whole flavor profile. And so I, I took that and I ran with it. Isn't that crazy how just one little small thing can change something so much? That's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy with food too, you know, and, and, and leaving that one thing out, it changes it for the worse. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Or even like the order of operations, like the order you put something in, like that has an effect on it. Like, mm -hmm. has there been any seemingly small thing in running a business that ended up helping you folks out a lot yeah remembering people's names that's huge moses people love hearing their name don't they <laughs> that's a fact that's a fact and you know the thing too is, is it, it makes a genuine connection with people like how if someone comes to your house there's no way you're not going to know their name absolutely you know what i mean and and it, it really changes the game and from there you know we we want our hospitality to be, to be friendly from like to be like family because we're family-owned business and you're coming in and you're basically coming into our homes. This is where we spend most of our time because we work so hard. So it's only right that we take that in. I read somewhere, you know, I study, I study a lot of great restaurateurs, whether it's Danny Meyer or Daniel Balud or the, the gentleman who started Handquarter. He has several other restaurants. And then, um, you know, Cameron Mitchell, of course, too. And so many small at local people, everything in between. And so one thing that Danny Meyer said was like, when it comes to hospitality, you know, the least you can do is make someone feel important. You right. Know? And that's key, you know? Absolutely. I mean, everyone just wants to feel some love and, and have some good vibes. So Moses, when you're, when you're a customer at a restaurant, what do you think makes a great dining experience? But just acknowledgement, really, you know, I understand when a place is busy, like my lens on a restaurant is different now. It's so much more understanding and patient, um, which I know most people don't have that ability just because they're not working in a restaurant. They don't have the experience, but mine, mine is different. And it's really as simple as acknowledgement. Uh, you know, if I come through the door, if I uh, create a reservation or I come in and I want to um, just understand the dynamics of a future event that I would like to have and someone being present and saying, hey, how are you? Um, you know, I'll be right with you. Even if they say that, that's cool. Or if they have a little sign that says, hey, just please wait to be seated. But I've been in places where I come in and first of all, people will see me, but they won't say nothing. They'll make me wait for a longer time than needed and, you know, or make me feel unwanted. And so I'm like, you know, those those characteristics just on the onset, it, it makes the whole dining experience different. And then just that person, how much they care about, hey, this is the best way to put this uh, item together or this is a good flavor that you can utilize with another flavor or I really have favorites on our menu and I feel 
like you would love it too. Acknowledgement. Dude, acknowledgement is such an easy, small thing someone can do. Like, for example, me and my friends, this this was like a year ago, so it was before the crazy times, but we went into a bar and it was pretty crowded. And we were just patiently waiting down at the bar end. And the bartender was just talking to his friends or like, whatever, we'll chill. Literally 20 minutes go by, he didn't say anything. So we just left. And the thing mm -hmm. is, we're all servers at the time. So we're big tippers, big drinkers. Like they could have made a lot of money off of us, but he couldn't mm -hmm. even bother to say like, I'll be with you in a minute. He just like straight up ignored us. And mm -hmm. we felt disrespected. So we left and spent our money elsewhere. I feel you 100%. And, and um, the other side of acknowledgement too, is when you drop the ball as a, as a restaurant and being able to try to pick that up where you uh, can make amends for it. You know, you know, I make mistakes, my sister, all of us make mistakes in the restaurant business, but, or in the hospitality overall. And it's your ability to to acknowledge that and say, you know, just try to find a way to make it right to the best ability. There's been times where guests have left and I have to run out into the parking lot and just be like, Hey, you know, I, you know, what can I do to, you know, bring you back or why are you going? And they'll tell me, you know, Hey, you know, this happened or this happened. I'm like, Hey, come back in. I got you. You know, we try to find a way to make it right. And so that's, that's the other other coin of acknowledgement too, you know? Of course, I remember when I was a server and I would make a mistake, like I would just always admit it. Like I would never throw the kitchen under the bus. I would just be like, yeah. I forgot to ring it in. I'm sorry. Like, and usually customers respected my honesty. Like they would just start laughing and just, we'd have a good time. Exactly, exactly, man. And, and you know, that gives you opportunity to say, what can I do in the meantime, you know, to, to cause everybody else could possibly be eating. And I forgot to ring in your food. So can I bring you something to hold you over? And they're cool, you know, most of the time, as long as you, for the most part, as long as you honest, you know, they're cool. Absolutely. So do you have a story that comes to mind when you think best dining experience? I have two. So both of them are in the restaurant on, in Flavor 91. So the first one is when we did our chef pop-up, our fourth year anniversary that was celebrated on September 12th. It was on a Saturday and we brought in a local uh, chef. His name is Jason Johnson. Um, he's always been a guest of ours. And um, we always talk about doing work together. And um, he started his private chef business over the past year. So in 2019. And so while he was doing his thing, getting his his name up, I started to realize oh, we know a lot of the same people. And so we're like, look, it's only right. Let's just do this collaboration. And so we we started planning about two months ahead of time. We did a twist on our menu. We did a, a you know sit down um, style, and we we actually did something clever with our timing too. So we we knew that you know social distancing and everything needed to come into play. So we did time slots where we did pre-order sales for our our uh, menu and we did 12 to two time slot, a three to five time slot and a seven to nine. So there was always an hour gap so we can get guests in and out. Of course, like I said, we had pre-orders. So, you know, we knew how many people were coming in. We knew the heads, we knew how much to prep. It was like precise. Yeah. And we, in we integrated our own Ethiopian influences on the food. So we did a plant-based menu and a meat-based menu. And then the, uh, the, the dessert was uh, vegan. So everybody can enjoy the last dessert. And it was a three course. I mean, it went perfect. Like I've never, we've never done like an event that went that perfectly. And it was crazy because everybody got in and out. Everyone was talked to, everyone was, you know, acknowledged, everyone enjoyed themselves. We even made our own Ethiopian honey wine and everyone loved that. And then uh, my friends came from out of town to visit and they surprised me and they happened to come right at the time slot where we were, it was that gap period. So they were able to eat from our restaurant for the first time. And it was just amazing. Like, I can't, it was like, I cannot believe how perfect that went. Um, but, you know, what I'm going to say about like other places that we've been is um, that like a good dining experience is literally when you have friends and family with you. Like that company, I mean, you can have hot dogs and it'll be the best meal, you know? Um, that's so it's true. Not always, you know what I'm saying? It's, that's the best, you know? Um, and so that's where, that, it can be anywhere, for real.
as long as you got your family and friends or people that you know that you really like that you could laugh with and enjoy your time it's, it always turns out good absolutely so when you were saying earlier your first story when you, you had the the special uh guest chef yeah. do you think that part of the success was the fact that you guys had everything so structured because you know a lot of times in a normal restaurant environment maybe 10 tables coming at once or two and you know what i mean they kind of trickle in weird but do you think that since it was so organized that kind of helped definitely that was a huge part of the help because we were we we operate like a lot of times like you said restaurants have these unforeseen things that happen that can throw your whole service off you know what i mean it can just be a monkey wrench short you can get a, a crazy log jam just because of so many reservations or so many people just happen to walk in one day. And, um, you know, there's been times that we've been able to improvise really well and, you know, still make it happen and still, you know, get get service out as best we can. Um, but definitely for this pop up, no doubt, because we were so structured. And like I said, we were able to literally prep the exact amount of food for everybody coming in, you know? Um, of course, we made a little bit extra for contingency purposes, but really it, it, it was because of that structure. We know that anxiety, you know, when you prepare and you plan and you like can execute at the same time, your anxiety levels go down. So we we really detailed it and we, we envisioned it before it happened. So it was able to get done. Do you guys like doing the pop-ups, having a, a guest in there? Cause I know sometimes it can be too many cooks in the kitchen, but it sounds like this was a great experience. Yeah, we loved it because like you said, you know, if you can anticipate the obstacles ahead of time, too many cooks in the kitchen, that's a common problem, right? But like I said, when you have one person, and he ended up bringing a sous chef for the evening shift, but when you have one or two people that you can prepare and plan with, and, and then ahead of time, you know, like I said, we went, we did this two months ahead of time. That helps us understand the kinks in each other's personality. That helps us understand the, the kinks in how we cook. That helps us with communication. All those things help you and it reduces the amount of like, like I said, that stress, that anxiety that you can potentially get into on the day of. And we and because I work front and back of house, I speak both both languages. So I can give someone in the front of house certain direction and then they can come back and I can relay that to back of house and with fluent translation, you know. And so we were doing things like, for example, I, you know, we had, like I said, from 12 to two, for example, we had every single person's name that was going to be coming in for that time. And we had their order. So what I did was I took those tickets and I taped them to the wall in the kitchen and I gave it to all of our servers for the front. So now when they come to the kitchen, they can say, I need, you know, two appetizers for David and I need three appetizers for Betty and four appetizers. For a kitchen person who doesn't work front of house, who's Betty, who's David? Right. You know, why are you telling me these names? You just confuse me. But when you have your own ticket with their name in the kitchen and the front, seamless service, you know? I, I'm just impressed that you can do front of house, back of the house, because I've only been a front of the house guy and the back yeah. of the house is a whole nother world. It's a completely different animal. I respect yeah. the hell out of you, man. That's madness doing both. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. You know what? That's actually, man, that's a key to success in the restaurant. But, you know, because we're a small business, we're, we have no choice. We have to find a way to make things work. So, you know, you got to get over it. You know, that's you got to find a way to just love it in the kitchen. You got to find a way to just love it in the front. And you got to be able to know when you're when you're having off days for both sides. So that's like I said, my mother and my sister helped me offset. There's times when I come into the to the restaurant and, you know, I'm like, winter, I'm with, my sister's name is Winter. I'm going to be up front today. Can you be in the kitchen? She'll be like, cool. There's times when she's like, I'm not feeling the kitchen. I want to be up front. Cool. And we are able to really be flexible and we can understand each other's languages from front and back. It helps us train people better. I think that would help a lot of places if you can train front back 
and give each other the patience to learn it, to really learn front, really learn back, understand each other's strengths, personalities, take your time with it because in the long run, you're going to be creating like a force of nature because if someone is in the, the back and they're struggling, but your server knows how to get back there and do some stuff, boom, that's like one less headache that you got to worry about being in that kitchen by yourself, you know, and vice versa. If you need to know how to cook some food, you can take the food out to the front. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think too, it, it'll teach you empathy. I feel like if you do front of the house and back of the house, a lot of times back of the house, they don't fully understand all the BS we have to deal with, with unruly customers or whatever that might arise or super picky mm-hmm. customers, whatever. And then the servers, it was hard for me to empathize with the back of the house a lot of the times, but you know, they got a million things to do. Everyone's busy. Restaurant work is not easy work. That's a fact. That's, that's true. Um, so when you're learning that, you're also learning new styles of environment. So my sister will like, I'll come to the kitchen and then I might say, you know, I might roll off a couple orders, but she'll be like, I need you to lower your tone. That, that will literally keep your mind sane, you know, just tone, you know, and then just the way that she, because she has a fresh pair of eyes into the kitchen, she can organize it better. She can create new streams of efficiency. And that's what you end up doing when you end up, when you give other people exposure to things, you give people other access to things, they make it actually smarter. At first, they're like trying to learn it. Then they're like, oh, why don't we do it this way? And why don't we do it that way? Now it's a little bit more efficient, you know? Absolutely. So we don't have to name names with this one, but do you have a worse dining out experience? You know, it was actually my sister's birthday. The service was not great because the server wasn't willing to help us like have a great experience. So we were out on the, the patio and we were asking to move inside, but she was just not willing to find a table or help us, you know, make a table for it was about six of us it wasn't that many people it wasn't like 20 or 10 um and there were open tables inside she just said no i'm not you know i'm not gonna do it We're like dang all right you know you know one of my friends was in a position un- under the sun where it was just like it was just a hot day so he's like is there a way i can just get an umbrella right behind me or something she's like no wow. like man you know it's different over here ain't it and then um, reasonable like a reasonable request like if i can't go in can i at least get an umbrella jesus and it wasn't just flat no it was like you know several different things that were just delaying the no but it was no and the last part of that experience was so we told the server and the manager, hey, it's my sister's birthday. Can you guys, you know, what, what do you guys do for birthdays? And they're like, we give a dessert and whatever. Cool. And as I was going to the restroom, the server I had pulled me to the side. She's like, if you don't mind, could you just order the cheaper dessert? Um, you don't, we don't, we don't want to, you know, give you the that you know the better dessert things like that. I was like, all right, that's that's really different. Okay. And you know, I was just like, look, you know, you know, I don't know what's going on with you, but you know, I'm gonna just, just keep it moving. So I never told my sister that I never told nobody else that, but we ended up just going the, we took the higher route and we don't, it's not like we give bad tips or nothing like that. After the fact, we're just like, you know, we just going to do standard and keep it going from there. But that, that really was just like, you know, bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. That's really Um, disrespectful and weird. And the thing is, it's like, it's not coming out of her pocket. I mean, unless she's the restaurant owner, which it doesn't seem like she was, but like if she was, I would hope she'd have better customer service, but I wonder why they wouldn't let you inside. Do you think that she didn't want to lose the tip money? Like maybe she was like- Yeah, it was because the table was going to be transferred to another server. So she's being kind of greedy, I think is what it sounds like. Yeah, you know, I I don't know what goes on with everybody. I can't generalize and I never want to put nobody down. You know what I'm saying? I know, Um, I'm getting tough on her. I'm being a jerk. no, 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 you're not actually, you're being 100% real. That's what everybody would, is thinking, you know, but because I'm in the restaurant business, I'm just like, look, it is what it is. That's just a terrible experience. And, you know, we, we just were like, look, this, we're not feeling it. And then for the restaurant. So when we first opened, 
uh, you know, things were a little slow, but there was a couple that came in. And they were like, hey, we're going to um, share this restaurant on our Facebook um, neighborhood Facebook page. We're like, OK, it was called the Bexley Buzz. And um, it's about 40,000 neighborhood people in there. And I was like, OK, all right, cool. Go ahead and share us in there. You know, what can it possibly do? Right. And I mean, it snowballed. Nice. I, it really was like every day a new person from Bexley was coming and they would and because it was such a slow stream of people we were able to like really give great service you know we were able to handle it it wasn't that you know out of hand but every single person would write on that page and say yo I had the best experience here to stand up there and literally one Saturday one Friday night it felt like all of Bexley was in our restaurant it was so many people inside and I mean a line out the door Nice. It was crazy. And it happened like at a drop of a hat. It wasn't even like we could even give people wait times. It was just boom. Everyone's in here now. I go into the kitchen and it's just chaos. You know, at that time we were, we had like five or six people in the kitchen. We were highly staffed and uh, our head chef just couldn't handle it. And he was just, just left the kitchen. He would come back in the kitchen, just sit in the, the walk-in because he was just sweating so much, you know, he couldn't handle it. And so we were trying to help him like, yo, hey, what do you need? What can we do? How do we get the, I mean, tickets all across the line. That ticket printer was just print, print, print. I was like, wow. But for some reason, me, my mother, uh, and then our general manager at the time, we had just a different resolve. We just felt calm, even though it was a lot of chaos. I don't know if we just had to put on a face or what it was, but for some reason, us three, we just had it down. I told our general manager, please go into the kitchen, help him out. And I you know, I'm coming out, people are waiting an hour for appetizers. It's crazy. That is crazy. And um, we're trying to just, you know, tell people, hey, look, we're sorry, this is happening. This is happening. We're trying to, you know, make sure, make people feel okay about it. And they're being gracious, but you can tell they're very, like, they're ready to kind of just leave and get, you know, they're, they're getting angry. And um, I go back into the kitchen. All of our meat is on the, on the grill. It's like literally all of the meat in our kitchen looks like it's cooking. And I'm like, how do we know what's what? How do no, no problem. So uh, two guests get up from their seat and they say, look, I used to be an executive chef for 30 years. Can I help you? What? They're waiting for their food. Yeah. And his wife was also, you know, worked in restaurants and she's like, I'll, I'll bust tables. I'll bring food out. What do you need? We don't want to see you guys fail. I come over to the window to the kitchen and our chef's back in. And I'm like, hey, look, this guy's offering to help us out. Do you, do you want him to come back here and help? And he didn't respond. I was like, Look, just give us a second. And then while I was talking to our chef, I was like, look, we're waiting for you to get this food out. Da, da, da. He throws a whole plate of fries at me. He misses. I fire him on the spot. I tell our guests to come into the kitchen. He helps us get through the night. Wow. Uh, man, it was just, it was crazy. And 24 guests got up and left that night. When you get in the weeds, you got to be like you and your mom and your sister. You just got to like play like a champion, no excuses. And like, it does suck, but you just got to like power through. Like that was smart to fire him. I mean, especially throwing French fries at you. That's madness. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, and to be honest, I learned this other thing from our general manager at the times. So I got to have short term memory. And so when I, I fired him, it was like, that's it. You know, you're you're no longer here. So we have to keep it moving. And so right when I brought in that other uh, his name was Tim, Tim and Caroline. That's who, who got up and helped us out. When Tim came into the kitchen, he just automatically started systemizing here. Where, where are we at? Let's get everything together. Our general manager is a great. Chef. He was a great chef at the time, too. He got back there. He did his thing. And uh, we were able to get food out slowly but surely. And most of those people who left that night have came back. And they even told us, look, we'll give you guys another chance. It just happened to be an off night, we can tell. 
And we went through a lot of those hiccups. We we were able to push through that day, you know. I think it's beautiful though. You had the community on your back though. People were busting tables, helping out. I think that that's really inspiring. Yeah, man. It's, it's it's something that we can't even ask for. We're just grateful for it, you know. So now I guess we'll do. I like to I like to just do a, a thing called rate it one to feast, where it's like a scale of one to five. But instead right. of five, we say feast. Hawaiian pizza. I've never had Hawaiian pizza. I heard it's really good though. I'm gonna say three because I've never had it. No, I can't. I can't say it's bad or good. Is there a reason you haven't tried it? I've never even thought of it, like for real. You know, <laughs> I, I'd like if I'm gonna get some pizza. I, my favorite pizza is jalapeno pizza. I like jalapeno pizza. And then there was a spot um, where I went to high school at that had this crazy sausage uh, pause uh, pizza, <laughs> and they had a, a cheese. They had cheesy bread with like this crazy sausage on it. I was like, man, that thing was fire. But I don't eat pork no more, so I don't eat that. But jalapeno pizza is my my go-to at this point. When you said the the pause, it made me think of uh, I recently posted myself eating a chili cheese dog, and I <laughs> I broke the internet, dude. It was kind of like one dude called me a glizzy goblin. <laughs> I, Yo, the internet's wild, man. It's a wild place. <laughs> and like, it was so funny that someone actually DM'd me. Some I don't even know this person. They reached out and sent me a DM, and they're like, "Hey, just so you know." they're making fun of you. And I was like, oh, dude, I don't care. They're still commenting. They're giving me a boost. I don't care. Like, I know, right? It don't matter. It's all good. You know, <laughs> that's funny, though. You got to laugh at that, you know? Of course. The glizzy goblin I thought was clever as hell. Uh, one to feast, ranch dressing. Oh, that's feast. Feast? Okay. Yeah. We're doing ranch. We do ranch over here, for sure. Yeah. I love ranch. I especially love a spicy ranch. Throw a little bit of sriracha in there. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You know, there was a point in time where I put ranch on everything. So I'm, I'm with ranch. <laughs> what about... American cheese product, like that little slice. Nah, you gotta pass on that. That's the one. Cause we we we've upgraded. You don't gotta eat that cheese no more, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I grew up eating that cheese too, man. I used to have fun opening up the wrapper, but nah, it's over for that. It's over I for think, that cheese. Yeah, that's a one. That's a one for me too. Cause like I know it melts good, but it's if you look at the label, it says cheese product. It doesn't say cheese. Yeah, yeah, that's a one. You gotta let go of that, guys. 25 cent store ramen, not like a fancy restaurant ramen, but just like. Oh, yeah, you come on. Yeah, That's, man. First of all, I'm a ramen chef. Okay. Top ramen. I'm a ramen chef over here. Don't even play with me. And if you get chili flavor, that's that's how you know you've leveled up in life. That's what it is. You know, you can't do too much of it, but you know, understand your sodium levels. But I'm over here with this. And listen, this is a tip. This is a million dollar tip for everybody out here. You never had uh, top ramen without putting some uh, syrup in it. I'm gonna just let that marinate on you. Whoa, like a like a maple syrup? Put a little syrup in it. A little syrup in it. Whoa. A little syrup with your with whatever you put in it, like your hot sauces and whatnot. If it's sriracha, that's you know that's always a good one. But you put a little sir- uh, syrup, you're good. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just give you that one. That's free. How about the the fancy fifteen dollar restaurant ramen? The fancy like a like a Fakuyu ramen or something like that. Is that a big feast as well? Nah, there's some good ones out here. I ain't gonna lie. You know one I want to try. That's in New York. It's called Ivan Ramen. I want to try that spot. Have you ever had that? I haven't, but I've had a place called Majin Ramen. Shout out to Majin Ramen on the Upper East Side. Mm. Um, mm. Phenomenal. The lady said her broth takes fifteen hours to make, which I think is pretty impressive. That's a long, slow broth. Dang, that I like how I like when people take their time like that. That's that's that's. You know, you know what you're doing with that. But, you know, um, there's a show on Netflix. Um, we always watching food shows on Netflix. But have you ever watched Chef's Table? I haven't. I've watched Chef. 
Have you seen Chef? Oh yeah, Chef Show. Oh yeah, for sure. I love Chef Show. That's a great show. But watch Chef's Table and then go to. Well, there's a lot of amazing episodes on there. My favorite episode is episode six. Um, it's Grant Atkins Alinea. That's a restaurant in Chicago. But why I brought up Chef's Table in the first place was Ivan Ramen. That's another episode. So this guy is, he's from New York, but he moved to Japan. He started up his own ramen spot. And it was like literally uh, the, the country revered his place. Like he's a white guy from, from New York yeah. in Japan, schooling everybody on ramen. So he moved back to New York. He has a spot out there. And I mean, I can tell it's amazing. He makes his own noodles, you know, by hand. So fresh, hot nudes. You got to love it. There's a there's a spot here too called Mexico. That was good too. I like their ramen a lot. Their spot was good. I'll have to check that out. My last question that I have is Flavor 91 Bistro. Where did you get the name? Uh, all right. So the name is a secret. Um, okay. You don't have to disclose that. We can, you know, <laughs> have have people reach out to you if you want to. If you don't want to say, you don't have to, but. Now nah, you got to figure it out. So what I do is if you figure it out, um, I will match your bill. Whatever you spend in the restaurant, I'll match your bill and uh, donate to a cause of charity you care about. The flavor part was, you know, I was graduating from college. My mother hit me up. She she called me. She said, hey, look, there's a spot in our building where no one is leasing out this restaurant space. Do you want to go in and uh, open up a restaurant with me? And I was like, yeah, for sure. She's like, okay, come up with the name, come up with the concept. You know, we're going to brainstorm and come up with some, you know, ideas. And for me, you know, I was a marketing major in college. So, you know, one of my professors, he he would always start the class and say, you know, what is a brand? And, um, you know, different people would give their different like uh, answers. And he's, he would say it's, it's an association. Whatever you associate with something is a brand. And um, he would give different um, examples, Nike, Starbucks, whatever. And what's the first word that comes to your head when you think of these, these brands? You know, some people say coffee with Starbucks. Some people say athletics with Nike. You know, overall, you can consolidate to one word. So my thing was, if I'm gonna start a restaurant, the one word I wanna associate with people is flavor. That's where that's where that part of it came from. The 91 is the secret. Um, and you know, all submissions uh, are accepted. You know, um, there's you can have as many guesses as you want. We have some guests that will call us like weeks after they left the restaurant and be like, is it is it this, is it this? Somebody said Ethiopia sits on the 9.1 longitude and latitude of the map. I was like, dang that's amazing i didn't even know that you know I was like you deserve something i don't know what it is but you deserve something for that but right, at least that's not what it is. something because that's, that's an impressive yeah. uh, fact that person dug up well moses thank you so much for being a guest big fan of you and your restaurant if you want to tell people where to find you on social i think that'd be great thank you for having me man this was cool this was fun you know um i, I wish nothing but the best for you and the utmost success for you um you. the social medias you can find us at flavor 91 Bistro on Instagram, flavor uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and then you know you can always call the restaurant 614-845-8840. Get yourself some food or come to the restaurant at 5186 East Main Street.